0: Imagine surrounding yourself with incredible women, women who've overcome challenges, they've rebounded after failures and disappointments, and women who are not afraid to shine their brilliance to make a mark in the world. These women support other like-minded women because they know there is plenty of opportunity for everyone and that together we really can make a difference, grow our businesses while have fun along the way. This is what Women in Leadership podcast is all about. Welcome. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Grab a cup of your favourite beverage, pull up a chair and let's get this conversation started. Hey, welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. And today's conversation is going to be just as compelling and inspiring. And today's guest says, your resume. Well, it is an artifact. Your career, however, is your narrative. I love that. Joining me on today's show to have a conversation is Anna Doherty. Anna is the Director of Product Marketing at Armory.io and she has over 10 years of tech marketing experience across a variety of industries, including B2B, B2C, e-commerce, automotive and SaaS. And on today's show, Anna's going to share resumes don't resonate, your career story does. We're going to unpack that a bit. She's going to talk about the advice, sales, benefits, not features. It's not right advice for everyone, especially for startups and especially if you're in tech. She's also going to talk about the importance of being your own advocate and expert. So welcome to the show, Anna. Hi
1: there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Look, when I uh, read the introduction today talking about, you know, career story, your career narrative versus your resume, it's so important, isn't it? Yet in the career industry um, and as a job seeker, one of the first things that we think we need to focus on is our resumes. So let's start off firstly by um, sharing a little bit about what led you down the path to where you are today. Is it always been something of interest or have there been some you? unique and interesting uh, pathways and doors opening up for you throughout your career and your career narrative?
1: Absolutely. So uh, I would say that where I'm at today, which is a director of product marketing, I didn't even know what that was about five years ago. I didn't even know what product marketing was five years ago. So the first thing that really made a turning point for me was understanding that, you know, it was okay to be a marketing generalist, but I, wasn't finding the career satisfaction that I needed in that role. Um, you know, I would bounce from place to place. Marketing was typically the first thing to get cut if, if a company needed to made, make cuts, right? And so I was like, I need to make myself valuable. And I need to market myself as, as uh, more than just a marketer. I have a variety of tech skills that I can add to this equation. And that's when I realized that product marketing was a field. And it is very much that um, marketing plus technology plus product ownership. Uh, yes. and, and so bringing that all together, uh, it created a, a story in my brain about what my career actually was, which was years of product marketing that I didn't know existed.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. What I love about what you've just shared is how often, unless we take a step back and really critically look at, and, and with curiosity too, I think it takes curiosity and an and that understanding of some of the significant experiences that we've had, we've had throughout our career, and how can we weave that together to tell this? And in your case, it's a unique and uncopyable experience that no one else can offer. Tell us a little bit about some of the things. Look. Back is important to do so that if others are thinking, well, look, Anna. Okay, let me let me look at my history, my narrative. What are some of the things you encourage them to look out for as these things you want to take in notice of?
1: Great question. I would say the first thing is um, what do you feel that you're very strong at? What is what is your aptitude? You could be really good at marketing, and that's that's great. Um, what is it about marketing that you are good at? Really narrow in on that niche and be able to back it up with examples uh, throughout your, your career. Um, build your portfolio around your aptitude. And then, uh, now that you have an understanding of what you're good at, what you like to do, what you can shape your career around, um, start looking into uh, the opportunities in the job market. Uh, keyword searches are so important here you need to be able to align your aptitude with demand, mm. right? So um, you can be really good at something, but not be able to describe it very well. So you need to be able to do that sort of um, landscape analysis to be able to align where that demand is. And that way, if you have skills gaps, for instance, let's say you're really good at something, but you need to go that extra mile, you need to get a certification, or you need to take that next step in order to really meet the the challenges of a specific role, That way, you know what those gaps are. You can start to fill in those gaps to achieve that next step that you need to go to. So I I say, here's an example. As a product marketer, I I knew I had a lot of tech marketing career experience, but I didn't really know what it meant to be a product marketer. So Hmm. I needed to take uh, some, some courses. I needed to do some training. I took a certification course, and then I started to really understand the Um, top level needs of that role. And then I could uh, shape my career and experience toward those needs. Um, And plus, just taking those certifications was great. It really affirmed for me why I liked what I do. And it, it gave me the language to be able to speak about it more coherently.
0: Yes. Something that I'd love to ask you a little bit further about, because I think this is so important so often If I think back to when I was in the career industry, what a lot of job seekers assumed that they needed to do was to look at what the company was requiring of people and then tailor their experience to suit, which which of course there is some merit to that. But when we're talking about long-term careers and having a career that we feel fulfilled, and as you've just said, you really started to enjoy what you were doing. There was already a level of enjoyment. How important do you think it is for someone to look at it through the lens of, what are you good at? What are some of the things that you've done really well? And in some instances, I'm sure, Anna, you may have recognised, oh, this comes so naturally to me, but for other people who are maybe not as gifted in that particular area, to them it would be quite a struggle. How important has it been to you then ending up in a role that not only you were good at, that there was a need for from the company's point of view, but that you really enjoyed and felt fulfilled and, and motivated to do? How important has that been?
1: It's life changing. It's the most important thing about having to have to work to live is uh, tough for us as humans. But, you know, having a job that provides me with um, fulfillment and fun and excitement and adventure every single day, but also stability and um, an understanding that I'm contributing to the organization as a whole being recognized for those efforts. All of that stuff is incredibly important to me. Um, The life-changing part of it is being able to talk to people like you and being able to advocate for um, this type of role, which, you know, for women in technology, I mean, not to transition too much, but, you know, uh, I had always had a hard time breaking into technology like because they would sort of... Um, peel apart hard skills from soft skills, right? You always mm-hmm. you always come upon that challenge. And I'm not gifted in math. That's not a gift of mine, right? And so mathematics in the um, sort of educational side of becoming a technologist was a challenge for me. And so I developed more of my aptitude in language. Um, and so, you know, I was not going to become a programmer, I wasn't going to become a data scientist. And so what is left for me in technology? It's about product, and it's about um, strategy, and and understanding the market and understanding the user and understanding the values that your company brings. So is you're going to encounter some of these challenges as, um, you know, a woman in technology that it, you're going to be undervalued, um, you're going mm-hmm. to be kind of maybe misunderstood a little bit. And so you have to really step back and think, no, I bring, there's no such thing as a soft skill. It's still a skill. A skill of communication is a very tough skill to be able to build and to do a good job of communicating the value of your product to not only your organization, but the world is incredibly important. So step back Remember that it's important for you to to have those skills, and they're not soft or hard. They're just yes. as important as someone else's skills.
0: Oh, totally. And you know what I love about what you've just said? There's not a there's not a um, and and an or it's it's both really isn't it because if you you can have the best mathematical and technical skills and we need those sort of people, mm-hmm. however we may not put those people out in front to do customer service. Uh, my son is in the tech industry as well, and he's got he's gifted in the area of communication. He's got the both too, and he said, "Son of mum, I've just got to go behind all our tech guys and clean up their mess because they say it as it is as it." And you know what? That's just the way that they are, and there's. There's nothing wrong with that. They're great in their area of expertise. And I love how we're seeing the market now shift to and recognising that. I mean, the word soft skills to define something is so ridiculous because <laughs> if you can not communicate... I mean, you can have the best product in the world, but if your ideal client or your consumers or stakeholders and shareholders aren't able to really grasp the vision and, and why your product versus the many others, then you've got you know a fantastic product sitting on the shelf and no one's using it. So totally um, understand that. And just to, to, to highlight what you have said, the journey that you took, you first spent some time recognizing where do I really shine? Where are my strengths? Then you looked at the market. Where can I market this? Where is this relevant? How can I leverage and position myself? What are the gaps? What do I need to do to learn a little bit more certifications? And then you were able to package all of that and really position yourself as a must have valuable uh, candidate. Now, if you're listening to this uh, episode, you can do this or should be doing this even if you're in your own business because all of these things can be mapped over whether, uh, isn't it, Anna, whether you're an individual working for an organisation and submitting your application to an organisation or if you are a leader of a business and you're positioning your products and services to a potential client. The marketing and positioning communications is still very much uh, the same. Let's talk about then the marketing document in the the view of uh, a career talk about resumes of often don't we personal marketing documentation and I love the way that you've said resumes don't resonate your career story does how can you how would you define career story and what are some of the key elements we should be incorporating into our story
1: absolutely uh yeah I like to say your resume is an artifact and what I mean by that is um if you ever create an API or you know a piece of programming the code that is uh as a result is almost not human readable, right? And so a resume is just code on a page until you're able to really highlight and elaborate on what that means for you. Um, so I, I like to structure my resume as sort of a teaser. Uh, you know, the the I, I'm not gonna go after those careers where I'm gonna get rejected because the AI said, you don't meet the resume criteria to be able to go to the next job or the the next stage of the job. That's not where I belong, right? I belong at a place that's going to look at my resume and say, I want to meet her. I want to know more about her. I want to know what she's capable of. And so it's very much about, you know, who are you as a person? What do you bring? And how has your career up to this point proven that, Mm. you know, whether that's, you know, high level results, you're able to show um, your portfolio uh, multimedia links in your resume that people can explore, you know, uh, imagery is so crucial at that point. And so, you know, you're going to have a lot of candidates who are going to run up until to that AI problem, where um, they're going to try to game the system and 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 try to get an interview, but they're going to just be another one of the long line of candidates who met the keyword search criteria and uh, maybe even get to a phone screening if they're lucky. Yes. You need to to branch out a little bit more and show yourself and your personality in your resume.
0: Yeah, so, so true. And you know what would really stand out? It, again, that's how you're expressing your information. You're bringing that forward. You're communicating that. And I love the way that you've suggested to be unique. And there may be aspects of that that you can bring forward. I remember years ago, I, one of the people in the career industry, who was a career coach, was sharing how he mentored one of his clients to who, who had applied for a role who was going in for an interview. So he'd got, kind of gone through that. But this is all aspects of how can you stand out? What are some of the things that you do? So what he, this young man was doing was going for an um, uh, an interview for a retail outlet. That young gentleman had gone through the retail outlet. He kind of knew where things were positioned so that when he went to the interview, he was able to well demonstrate that he'd gone and done that. I mean, that in and of itself was very impressive. You, you've gone to one of our stores and he was able to add some value. So it's really looking at what, where can I add value? Where can I, Put my touch of um, the help, you know, my style that will really stand out because let's face it, otherwise, you're just part of the same old, same old, is all of the others, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I know that those who want to stand out and really make an impact, we don't like to follow what everyone else is doing. We want to add our own uniqueness to and flavor to, to what we're doing. Yes,
1: absolutely. And, you know, the, the hiring manager, there's a couple schools of thought there. There, there could be people who are looking for that, but there could be people who are a more pragmatic type. And so the way you can add value to them is always remember that one of the hardest and most laborious investments to make is a new hire. And so you want to show up to the job ready. Right. And yes. so that young man you were talking about, he knew that he knew if I show up here and have a little bit of pre-work done, I can be uh, an impressive candidate in this retail organization. The very same thing applies for a pragmatic hiring manager you're trying to convince to let you get that job. What are you going to bring day one? Your strategic narrative, your your personality, all of that stuff maybe won't matter to that person. Um, but being able to showcase what you can accomplish in a very short amount of time and how you could add value immediately is going to resonate with them. Yeah. What I love about what you've said too and what the
0: discussion that we're having is... It's a two-way street, you know, often as job seekers and and even if you are a potential service provider who is looking to work with a potential client, if it's not a match and if your personality and your style and how you like to operate doesn't fit with the organization's culture, values and the style in which they do things, it's not a good fit. You know, you could be the best candidate f- technically wise and communication and all the skills that you bring but if you're not able to shine and do what you do best because the the organization and saying the client restricts you so, so much you don't want to move ahead with it so i think that you know being um you know, yourself and authentic. I know we often use that word, we throw that around, but I'm, you know, when you, you're you authentically authentic, you know, that you, you're bringing your truth and how you like to do things, that's just so Im- important. Let's segue and talk about Benefits and features. The advice you say, is selling benefits versus and not features, maybe not the right advice for everyone, especially when we're thinking about startups in in the tech industry. Share a bit about this because this is challenging the status quo too, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you'll hear that advice a lot. Sell the benefit. Sell the sell how someone's life is going to be so much better because of it. And uh, sure right uh, this applies to a lot of the entrepreneurs you probably have in your network here that listen to this show they do need to sell the benefits of what they're selling that's absolutely important but there's a a class of buyer or user who needs more than that yeah right? they they have they have an expectation that those outcomes are going to be good that's not enough for them right <laughs> the benefits are already ex- expected it's yeah. Okay, but but are you able to fulfill my technical challenges? Do you uh, have this compliance need that I have? Right, there are very many um, line items that they have to check in order to even consider a piece of technology for their organization, and so it's about marrying those two things. You can't be ten thousand foot view all the time, and especially in technology. So you have to understand what your industry needs. If you're if you're in, for instance, finance, um, that's a completely regulated industry. And so if you're trying to make innovation in finance, right, if you're trying to sell innovation in finance, you still have to consider all of the regulatory needs of your, your industry. So always remember the line items do matter. So it's about positioning on top of those things and being able to back up your, uh, Benefits with specific features that your user needs. Um, mm. I, I learned this the hard way. So, you know, I, I uh, came from an API design company and I absolutely loved working there. It was fantastic. The users loved the product. But the problem was that the people who would get into the door loved to use the free version of the product. Mm-hmm. And they didn't need more than that. Uh, right? And so it's like, how do you sell more? They already have the expected outcomes and benefits that they needed. Mm-hmm. How do you sell more than that? How do you get them to invest it in to purchasing something if you can't deliver more features or more things that they need? If you, if you got it right out of the box, you don't need anymore. So mm-hmm. I learned that the hard way. I learned that it took me way too long to learn. I can't move the needle on these folks because... They're just they're getting the features and benefits and outcomes that they need all from this one package. And Mm so really step back. Think about that. Think about what what value to deliver at each step of the process. Do you need to make an investment in uh, new features that the industry needs? And then how do you position that as part of your strategic narrative about your organization?
0: Yeah. I love that you've said that. And I won't name names, but it's a very well-known graphic design um, company, or you you can use that as consumers as graphic design. For years, I was on the free. You probably know the one that I'm talking about. (laughs) And then there was something that they said, and I thought, oh, that would be really good. And then we could use it more and more and more. And it that that is it. It It was an easy yes. And I think it's one of those things that as businesses, um, uh, we need to really think about is what is it that's going to push people over the edge? They will continue to love the product, um, but there's just one other feature that will just have them go, You know what? that is such an easy yes. But you know what? what's interesting when we talk about benefits and features, the features themselves may itself be a benefit mm-hmm. because of the fact that it, answers an issue that many consumers of other products say, if only it would do this, if only it would do that. So in that case, you want to explain, you know, what the feature is and how will it make your life better? How will it, you know, speed things up, save money, um, time and all those kind of things. So I I guess it's also a mixture of both and and Mm -hmm. who is the consumer? So it it could be a consumer of an end product user or it could be a potential employer. Uh, What are they really looking for and ensure that you communicate, you know, the product, the service or you if it's you that you're positioning yourself for a role um, is you know, shared in that particular way. So, so important. Something else that I think is really important is that you say is being your own advocate and expert. Why I say this, and I love that we're going to talk about this, is how many people will often say, I've been working really hard, I've met and exceeded KPIs, but I'm just not getting noticed. No one's noticing me you know, head down, bum up doing the work, which is so important too, but so is being your own advocate and expert. What insights can you share here, Anna? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so uh, this one was also a learned the hard way. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm, I've learned the hard way a lot and your your listeners will benefit. <laughs> um, this one was very much about, uh, you know, understand, it's the, the thing you just said. Understanding you're contributing a lot to the organization, but not getting noticed for it. And it's okay to, it's not bragging if you're benefiting the business is how I like to frame it. It's, it's not bragging to say our department met this KPI and exceeded it under budget on time. You know, those, those sort of things are things the business wants to hear about. Um, so advocating for those things in communication, in Slack channels, um, highlighting the people on your team who you work together with to make it happen. Um, that's about, you know, socializing the, the importance of your work. Um, start. So one thing I did was start a mini newsletter in the organization because I was a team of one as a product marketer. And a lot of people don't know what product marketing is. And even at an organization that has a product marketing department, it was very much about, you know. Education, education, repeatability, right? Making sure that those this education is surfaced in a way people can access. So I started a little mini newsletter. So every Friday, I call it the Product Marketing Corner. It's a reiteration of the work that we're doing, how it benefits the business, and what to expect next from us. How to get in touch with us. How to work with us. Um, and you know, every every week is a little bit different. You know, is it is it content one week? Is it um, results one week? Um, it, it changes, but it, it's very much about Reminding people, you're here, you're making an impact, we're yes. here for you if you need us, and uh, don't forget, right? So, e- not everybody's going to have that same um, ability to do that uh, within their companies, but they definitely have the ability to um, socialize their own um, uh, expertise within the business. Yes. yeah. So true. And what's so important in what you've
0: just shared is, and and we do often, oh, I don't want to toot my own horn, those Mm. kind of things. However, we can showcase the contributions through the lens of how is it going to help other people in the team? How can I help you Um, sharing those stories? So whilst someone may not have the written skills and capability of starting a newsletter, there may be, do you have a voice? We've got this technology now that that we call podcasting? Are you able to create an audio which perhaps can go throughout the organisation? I think if you can um, provide something, as you said, that is this keeps the communication loop going, you're able to showcase who you are and what, what's possible through also championing others if that makes sense and that's exactly what you've done within that you've been able to showcase stories by also showing how it contributes to other departments and then that opens a doorway for people thinking oh i wonder if what if and those conversations can then come hey anna can we have a can we have a conversation can we book a meeting to ha- to perhaps uh, brainstorm some things in our area and that leads to further conversations what impacts
1: and and what feedback have you gotten, anna about the newsletter um, so sometimes the adoption will be high, sometimes it will be low, it depends on the how busy the org is, if it's a holiday, things like that. I always tend to leave a little emoji that says, if you read this, give us a thumbs up or a smiley face or this little emoji thing that shows me you've engaged with this piece of content. Um, the most consistent feedback I get is, this is great for transparency and visibility, yeah. Uh, previous to you, you know, we didn't really know quite what the department was and what it did now. I have no, I have no qualms about the, the department. I know you're always on track. I know you're always working towards our best interest and I'm excited to work with you. Yeah. So that's been the really good feedback. Um, I will say not everyone engages, right? Uh, you can, you can lead a horse to water and all that saying, you know, and you can't force them to drink. So the delivery mechanism is also just as important. Like you said, you know, audio, great medium to deliver m- information. I like to show up to uh, team meetings. So for instance, our sales team, I'll say, let me get on a sales team meeting and let me get in front of you. And let's, yes. let's workshop something. Give me some time. Give me 15 minutes. Let's, yeah. let's go some FaceTime. And that's, that's going to help with collaboration. It's going to help with your visibility and it's going to help build trust between you and the other people in your org.
0: Yeah, so true. If you th- do it through uh, uh, wanting to be, con- you know, contributory in, in your approach, how can I help you? What are some of the things you're working on? Are there any challenges that you face that perhaps through what we're doing in our department, we can be a support 15 minutes, 10 minutes um, can then really open up lots of opportunity to uh, further conversations. We've just scratched the surface in what we've spoken about today, Anna, but I know that uh, we've given people some inspiration to certainly think about how can I be more of an advocate and and, and an expert in my area, to be able to claim it not in a very arrogant way but in a contributing, collaborative way, which uh, I know works best in any organisation, whether you're big or, or small more. Before we go, share a little bit more about Armory.io and how people can get in contact with you.
1: Absolutely. I'd love to. So Armory is the continuous deployment solution for developers of any size business at any scale. So uh, if you've ever tried to launch a piece of code into the cloud and you were stopped by a gatekeeper or some sort of manual process, we help to eliminate that for you. And so you can reap the benefits of your product going to market faster uh, with, you know, better end usage and more uptime. It's really great. Uh, I'm so excited excited to work there. I'm excited for uh, product marketing to be such a huge component of that business. So if you're if you're interested, it's armory.io. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Uh, Anna Doherty, hopefully a link in the description or something and they can find me so they don't have to spell my name which can sometimes be a challenge. But, that's yeah, I'm right, right there. We'll happy you're, you're right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, thanks for coming on the show. And, th- yeah, that's right. We'll tag uh, Anna over on LinkedIn and, of course, in the show notes once this goes live on our podcast network. Um, all of those contact details will be there too. But just Google your name and I'm sure you'll come up. And certainly go to armory.io. And, of course, for us Australians who have, and I think Canadians do as well, we have the U in Armory, don't have the U in Armory, otherwise you yeah. won't find us so A R M O R Y dot I O. Thanks once again for coming on the show, Anna.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why? I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads, and enroll dream clients with ease, because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace, and you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift.